Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is August the 3rd, 2023. Happy August. We're trying to cleanse ourselves of July. It was the hottest month on record and the month of Oppenheimer and Barbie. Some of us want to cleanse ourselves of those two movies, too. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to uh, the newly restored version of Jean-Luc Godard's rom apparently romantic masterwork, Contempt. Um, it is a magnificent film. I think we'll do some stuff about it on the show, the 1963 movie. Um, of course, featuring the great Brigitte Bardot. Um, for people watching, you can see Brigitte uh, in the film poster that was released in 1963, looking very Barbie-like. Um, she was known, of course, as BB, and perhaps the original Barbies looked a little bit like Bardot, or maybe Bardot looked a little bit like the original Barbies. Anyway, that, of course, is all bound up with our current Barbie mania. Uh, when you go on the Internet, everything is um, everything is pink from San Francisco. Barbie seems to control the movies here to the Internet itself. When you Google Barbie, you get all this pink stuff back uh, associated with Mattel and the Gerwig film. Uh, we did a show last month in July uh, on Barbie with Olivia Rattigliano, my colleague at LitHub, who uh, believes that Barbie captures the plasticity of our surreal times. That was our headline. She also wrote a piece suggesting that uh, Gerwig's Barbie is a fascinating, spectacular philosophical experiment. Not everybody agrees with that. My guest today, um, Celeste Marcus, she's been on the show before. Uh, she's the managing editor of Liberties, who are also partnering with Keenom from August onwards. Celeste, I think, I don't want to put words, of course, into her mouth, but Celeste has a slightly different take on uh, Barbie. So welcome, Celeste. Happy August. Happy to be here. Thank you. So uh, is, uh, b borrowing from, from that headline, is, would it be fair to say that uh, Greta Gerwig's Barbie is a, and I, I'm quoting uh, Olivia here, a, a fascinating, spectacular philosophical experiment? Well, I find it very interesting that it's resonated with so many people, particularly because I find it, I find its vapidity staggering. Um, so I definitely, if it was an experiment, and I, I, I understand why you would use the word to describe the movie. I think that um, I think the experiment failed colossally in terms of the value of the movie itself. I think it's a. I think objectively, it's a bad movie. Um, but there are bad works of art that can elicit strong feelings in the people that consume it so i'm i'm intrigued and i am fascinated by the fact that it has provoked such a strong reaction um such such a apparently authentic reaction and many of the many of the people who have seen it um you and uh, you use the uh 
the A word, um, Celeste, authentic. Is that a word that you're comfortable with? It, it seems to be a, a, a Greta Gerwig kind of word. Um, I think about it a lot. I, I mean, authenticity, I think, is a, it, like a good thing. Um, and I, I, I think about what constitutes good art a lot. And very often the art that I consider good um, is just as capable of eliciting authentic feeling as the art that I consider bad. And I, I don't have that, um, it doesn't tap a wellspring of feeling in me. Bad art doesn't. Barbie certainly, I mean, I had strong feelings while watching Barbie, but mostly they were anger. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in the capacity of bad art to elicit authentic feeling in the people that consume it. Um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, that, I've been thinking about that a lot. Right. And, and one of your other hats you wear is as a historian of good art of uh, you're, you're writing a book about Chaim Sutin, uh, which maybe we'll come to later. Um, Olivia suggests that Barbie literalizes the abstract and abstracts the literal. I mean, it's clearly an odd film. In philosophical terms, what do you think it was trying to do, whether or not it succeeded? What's the purpose of the film from uh, Gerwig's point of view, the, the director? Oh, from her point of view, you mean what would she say was the purpose of it? Well, I mean, I mean well, well, she's, what, I mean, obviously it's a film about the Barbie doll, blah, blah, blah. But in, in a political or philosophical sense, what do you think she was trying to do with the film? It, to me, it's, I have to admit, it's a bit of a mystery. I, I couldn't really tell. Yeah, so I think that she was trying to do, I think artistically, she was trying to emulate directors um, and set designers and choreographers whom she admires. And I think she failed colossally, but mostly because she doesn't know that she's not as good as the people that she's trying to emulate. Who are, who are these people she's trying to emulate? Uh, she has, a, I mean, it's kind of um, absurd when you listen to her talk about the people that have inspired, the, the number of movies that um, she's mimicking and she, she says that she's doing that. She's, uh, it's a very, very long list. Um, I'm not going to remember all of them. The ones that I've been thinking about a lot that I've just been reading the things that she said and watching interviews that she's given on the subject. Um, and the one that I keep thinking about is the red shoes, mm -hmm. uh, which, is, which is one of, one of the greatest movies of all time. Um, and uh, the young girls of Rochefort, which is one of my favorite movies. And the thing that I find interesting about the fact that she was trying to, imitate those two movies is that um well for one thing i think the only thing that the movie does well is um it looks good that and that's not a small thing for any any movie critic um set design is important costume design is important and i think that like for costume design and set design i don't know who the costume designer was and i don't know who the set designer was but you know it's not easy to do that. Um, there are plenty of movies that try to be pristine and striking in the way that Barbie is. Um, and so that didn't, it didn't fail at that. Um, the Young Girls of Rochefort is 
kind of similar in terms of aesthetic and also succeeds at that. Um, and The Red Shoes is one of the most beautiful movies that's ever been made. It's, I, I believe it's in Technicolor. Um, yeah, it is. And so I think like it makes sense that she was trying to do that. And I can understand, I can understand an artist looking at those movies and thinking, I want to try to be as playful as the people who made those movies were. And play is a thing that Gerwig talks about a lot when she's talking about this movie. Um, the Young Girls of Rochefort is kind of similar. That's a movie by Jacques Demy from... Yeah, we had a show. I can't remember who it's with, but the film critic who who put that movie number one all time. So it's certainly a film that always gets in the top five or ten of serious critics. Yeah, and she talks about Umbrellas of Cherbourg, which is in the same... It's by the same director, and it's in the same, like, um, universe. Uh, Jacques Demy, like, made three movies that are supposed to be in the same universe, and Cherbourg and um, Rochefort are part of that world. Um, and it's similar to Barbie insofar as there are a lot of dance numbers that don't make sense. Like, I mean, just, like, are kind of irrational, but you're like, all right, fine, I'm going to go with it. Um, and there are, you know, people bursting out into song, and, you know, there are... There are conceits that the movie, like there are movies that are playful in a way that you kind of have to buy into it. The viewer has to think like, okay, I'm going to trust that I'm in um, capable hands. And so I'm going to accept that the things that are happening in this movie that don't happen in real life, the director has earned the right for me to trust them while doing these things. Um, the universe that I'm, I'm supposed to be um, looking at right now is not like the universe that I'm familiar with. And so it's going to obey laws that are not familiar to me. Um, but the director is going to be good enough at this spectacular construction and good enough at maintaining these laws that um, I'm going to like, I'm going to trust them to put me here. And Gerwig just doesn't do that. I mean, she tries she tries to be playful in this way, but like all of the rules that she makes up for the way that the universe that she's constructed are supposed to, it's supposed to run like the rules that are supposed to dictate how it's, how it operates. She kind of forgets about them and she like, she drops things. It's kind of like, it's kind of like reading a novel and realizing that the author has just forgotten like key components of the book and the way that it's supposed to work. Um, so I understand why your colleague said that it was an experiment and that it was spectacular. Um, I just think that the experiment really failed. So that's what I think about in terms of what Gerwig was trying to do artistically. Politically, I think that she was trying to make a movie that was feminist in a way that would be completely unobjectionable to anybody on Twitter um that would be completely memeable that wouldn't that wouldn't make any kinds of claims that people would have a hard time understanding um and I think that she did do that but the feminism that she is trying to advance I don't even think it is feminism I think it's just it's so cynical she tried to make something 
that she knew was going to capitalize on a feeling that women have, but don't understand. Um, and I think it's really sad that we don't have anything better that, sh that should have taught us that this is not substantial. Um, yeah, I don't want to... I don't want to make this you versus Olivia, but in her review, she said she cried a lot. Yeah. And she felt that it was a movie. Yeah. Uh, cry that, I guess, uh, not uh, not in out of humor, not in laughter, but in tears. You know, in yeah, yeah. Tears. Mm -hmm. And that it, it's a movie about what it's like to be a woman. She stressed the, the real people in the film, um, a Hispanic mother and her daughter, who she thought um, captured what it's like to be a woman. It, it, did, did that just leave you totally cold? I, I'm assuming I you didn't was, cry. I, I did not cry. I thought it was so cynical. Um, I thought that it, it just, it gestured towards a lot of inclusion that is so not what we mean when we talk about class consciousness, um, when we talk about misogyny, when we talk about the expectations that women have of themselves like every all of these things are real serious subjects that deserved thoughtful consideration and she gave us like the barnes and noble walt like bumper sticker version of all of those themes i think degrading them so i mean the thing that i think is interesting is that colleague your like women like your colleague and women like the many women who have said that they've cried in in the theater while watching this movie haven't been given anything better, haven't been given any opportunity to try and understand seriously what it is that is happening. Um, like, what kind of a world do we live in where Roe has been revoked, um, that Andrew, a man like Andrew Tate is possible um, and his the popularity that he enjoys is possible. Um, there are so many there are so many challenges that women objectively face that we haven't we haven't been given the opportunity to understand properly so much so that a movie that pretends to treat these themes seriously has given viewers an opportunity to just cry about them and that's something that we need so much that we actually it actually works it's kind of, that kind of is baffling to me um, she writes, um, and, and, and maybe this is getting to the core of your disagreement, because I'm not sure you're entirely in disagreement, actually, with Olivia. No, um, I am. She, she writes, it's not a subtle movie, and that's okay. You want subtlety, though. You, you don't appreciate No, I just want seriousness. It doesn't have to be subtle. It just has to be serious. You know, I think that... But why? I mean, some people might be listening to you, Celeste, and thinking, this woman is a real snob. She's looking down. You accuse her of being the Barnes and Noble of movies i mean but even barnes and noble are trying to turn them bookstores now into boutiques there was a piece in the the journal about that what's wrong with a a barnes and noble quality movie at least it's about books or trying to sell books or serious ideas here's what's wrong with i mean i'm not going to talk about barnes and noble i'm going to talk about that <laughs> um yeah, you brought it up you that was your term sure what's wrong with the th what's wrong with the thing that Gerwig is doing is that it's allowing women to think that they understand the challenges that are being thrown at them. Um, and because they have a serious 
true response, true emotional response to the movie that they think that that means that they've properly understood the problem and they haven't. So for example, if I, if I had, you know, a good friend who was still in college going to frat parties and I was trying to explain the challenge that would be posed to her by putting herself in particular dangerous positions, um, because I do think that date rape is a problem. I would not show her this movie and say, look, Ryan Gosling is jealous of Margot Robbie. And that is why he is dangerous to her. Like the threat that men pose to women is so caricatured and misrepresented in this movie. And if you thought that, like, if you thought that the only thing required of men was to not be like Ryan Gosling in that movie, you would really be misunderstanding the problem. So that's what's dangerous about it. I mean, if you thought that the problem of diversity would be solved if we just had a female black president, um, then you don't understand. Is that what she's saying? Do you think in the film? I think that. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't know that I take the movie seriously enough to consider what it is that she is saying. Um, I think that that is what a viewer might deduce from watching it. You know, it's interesting. Uh, a few months ago. Uh, Sight and Sound did their 10 yearly greatest movie of all time. And uh, Vertigo had been number one. Yeah. Um, my favorite movie of all time. But Chantal Ackerman's uh, Jean Dielman replaced it. And it's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's really yeah. the anti Barbie. I mean, if you want to see, if, if you want to imagine a film, the opposite of Barbie, it's Ackerman's yes. Jean Dielman. And, and I guess what you're suggesting is, if you go to a film about women, go to Ackerman and not Gerwig. I'm not even saying that. I mean, I, I, I like Jean Dielman. Um, I don't consider it to be a feminist movie in the way that Barbie is trying to be. I think that there are movies that are feminist movies that are better than Barbie. Um, I think the movie An Unmarried Woman is a feminist movie. Um, I think the movie Babyface from, with Barbara Stanwyck is a feminist movie. Um, that are and these are serious films they're not you know Jean Dielman is like is hard to watch Ackerman's movies are hard to watch because they're boring I mean they're not um yeah and they're meant to be boring I mean, and they're meant to be boring I don't I'm not saying that any movie that I, like don't caricature me I'm not saying that any movie that is a serious treatment of feminism has to be impossible to watch and I credit you know the young girls of Rochefort is a beautiful and fun movie um, and I don't think that it's unserious just because it also happens to be beautiful and fun. I don't think that Gerwig needed to be making something like, you know, I mean, Frances Ha is not remotely um, as, you know, that was one of her as exciting as Barbie is. Um, so I think that like it, it could have been it could have been done well. It just wasn't. And I think that there is a market for a serious movie about feminism that actually looks beautiful and that is fun to watch. I just think that she didn't do that. I mean, I think The Devil Wears Prada is, a, I don't know if I would call that a feminist movie. But yeah, I, think I mean, one of the other critiques that I know you're not too bothered with or actually think misses the point is the capitalist critique of Mattel's role in this you know, Mattel are sponsoring a film that's anti-Mattel, anti-capitalist, but I guess it comes back to your message that um, 
it's not a question of a lack of seriousness. It's just the, the, whatever the movie is saying, it isn't saying because it's supposed to be against capitalism, and yet it's a, it's a it's it's a movie sponsored by a quintessentially capitalist firm, Mattel, who were peddling their wares on the film, consciously making fun of themselves at the same time. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's you know, I would be I would have been perfectly happy to have a very cynical capitalist movie that was like completely completely capitalizing on the idea that a lot of people were going to buy it and love it and they were going to make a lot of money off of it if it were good. Uh, I don't really care who pays for it if if it's good art. Um, I mean, who do people think pays for all the other blockbuster, blockbuster movies? I think the problem that people have with the fact, I mean, I don't know, I guess the charitable reading of that critique is that Gerwig presents as um, an indie anti-capitalist progressive. And so it's kind of like she can't have it both ways, but that doesn't have anything to well, do. You can with have it both ways in Brooklyn, can't you? I suppose. I suppose she can. Um, at least it doesn't seem to have cost her anything that that's that that's the reputation that she has, um, and that she's done this very publicly. Although what I don't do know. What do you mean so. her reputation? Go away. What do you mean the reputation she has? I mean people. People, for example, your your colleague described her. Or I guess actually this was the New York Times described her as having like certifiable feminist bona fides. Yeah. Um, and that hasn't been uh, tarnished. What does that mean? But viable feminist bona fides? You mean? I was trying to figure that out. Also, I mean, I think she's kind of had the she's kind of achieved this status as a feminist icon, and I was trying to figure out why that would be. Um, and I really don't know what she's done. We mentioned Frances Ha. She's, of course, for better or worse, associated with her husband. Um, Noah Baumbach, yeah. Noah Baumbach. I mean, I, I know. Because yeah. uh, she's sorry, a woman? I mean, is that how low our standards are? I I don't really know. But that, that definitely is the space that she occupies in the contemporary zeitgeist. So, I like... That's what's happened, I guess, by accident. Um, yeah. Can't explain you, it. You mentioned um, imitation. You're a historian of art, so you know all art is imitation of something else. But it seems as if the whole thing about this Barbie is about imitation. Um, and and she and her husband, Baumbach, make movies. Uh, not, uh, uh, she and her husband, Baumbach, and also Wes Anderson, they seem yeah. to be making these films all consciously about imitation, which people love. I saw Asteroid City, which I actually thought was worse than Barbie because it wasn't even really? interesting. That's funny. Um, is there a, a school here of Baumbach and Anderson and Gerwig who are somehow peddling uh, 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 this obsession with imitation? And, and, and somehow the audiences love it. I don't know why. I don't see that there's anything wrong with imitation. Um, and I wouldn't put, I wouldn't, if they're all in the same school, and I guess they are all literally professionally acquainted with one another, uh, I don't think the thing that binds them all together is imitation. Um, I'm not really sure, like, why that would be the suspicious element. Well, these are films that are so, so pleased with self-referencing. I mean, there was even the note in the middle of Barbie about the, 
the role of the the star uh, oh yeah that was uh, yeah is this just a sort of a spillover from academia i don't know what it is i mean i think that the movie she had a lot of problems she had to solve in order to try to make the movie comprehensible and like a trick for doing that was to just have Helen Mirren voiceovers explaining why things didn't make sense. So like in the script, they have to, they have this person say that um, she didn't feel beautiful anymore. And then Helen Mirren has to, they had Margot Robbie say that. And then like Helen Mirren had to do the voiceover saying this was the wrong person to cast. If you didn't, if you want to make this point about beauty, because, because Margot Robbie is objectively beautiful and does look like a Barbie doll. Um, so I guess that was like, I think that that was just a way to solve a sloppy problem. Um, I, I think with Gerwig, you know, she believes the hype about herself, that she is a genius, that she's steeped in film history in a way that allows her um, to present as a kind of scholar um, and it is impressive and kind of exciting when directors know movie history. It's just that, so I think that she's trying, she's trying to make it clear that she is. Is she the Jean-Luc Godard of our age? In her mind, at least. Oh, in her mind. Yeah, I think she, she is. <laughs> I, I mean, not, I mean, there are so many other directors that are, better than her, um, ob obviously. But yeah, I think that she thinks of herself that way, which is interesting. Do you think she'd be less annoying to you if she was a man? I think she would be just as annoying to me if she were a man. The other thing that occurs to me is, you know, I saw her and she was involved with um, uh, White Noise, which I thought was complete you know to to borrow your word vapid mm. really a terrible terrible film but it, it, it's a film about a very good book uh delilo's white noise one of the great books about america yeah and it, it excuse me if i'm wrong but I, I wonder whether for gerwig it doesn't really make any difference whether you're making a film about a barbie doll or a literary masterpiece like delilo the world appears the same to her I think it is the same. I mean, I don't think the problem with the with the movie is the subject. I think a great artist can make anything. I think that it could have been a. I think it was possible to make a good movie about this subject. I just think she didn't do it. I mean, she made a really bad movie about a really good book. Little Women is a terrible movie, and she remade a, she remade <laughs> a, a movie that was already perfect. There was already a great movie. There was already a great movie version of Little Women. So, I mean, I, I, I don't think the problem here is that the subject matter wasn't high enough for her. I think the problem is that she's just not that good. And I want to say, like, I went because I really wanted it to be good. I wanted to like it. I wanted to like her. Um, I liked Frances Ha. And I was excited about I thought that this could have been good. It just... I mean, I went in hoping that it would be. I went in excited. Um, and I was just shocked by how bad it was.
And I went in excited for this reason, because I really do think that we, we are ripe for a movie that treats these themes seriously. There are, like, you know, there have been a couple of movies recently. Um, there's a movie called Promising Young Woman, which came out a few years ago, that was about, I mean, the subject is supposed to be date rape. And I had been excited to see it because it's a it's an important theme that it would be an important movie to be able to make well um and it was a similar brand of feminism by which i mean like absolutely vapid and devoid of any nutrients um and i felt the same way about this movie you know it just it just could not it was not up to the subject that it chose for itself in a way that I found really disappointing. I wanted it to be. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? Yeah. And what did and, and how does that fit in? Is it coincidental that these two films appeared at the same time? Um, I mean, I don't I don't know. I think I want I want I want movie theaters to be coming back. I really love movies. Um, and I want it to be possible for for contemporary directors to choose ambitious subjects, which I think I think both of these movies are that. I think they both chose ambitious subjects. Um, I think Oppenheimer is a is an excellent movie. I think it's a very good movie. Um, and I'm I was kind of relieved that it was good because I had just been I was just so horrified by Barbie and just really worried that it's not possible to make a blockbuster movie that's a good movie and I think Nolan did it and I think that he treated the subject with the um with the seriousness and the thoughtfulness and the attention that it deserved and I do think that misogyny and feminism and the um the challenges that women face in this country right now deserve to be treated with the same level of seriousness and attention that Nolan lavished on the bomb. Um, so that was how they were related to, they were related in my mind. Finally, um, uh, Celeste, you know, when I saw the film, the theater was, there were a lot of young women, a lot of girls. I don't know. I don't know how, exactly how old they were got a daughter of my own so i'm not always get good at guessing ages but i'm guessing 12 13 14 year olds mm -hmm. Th this has captured that audience there they seem to be embracing the film given your critique could one say well look you got to start somewhere and, and maybe you're right in some ways maybe it's rather vapid maybe it's girl wig at her worst and she's never which is which is pretty bad because she's not even good at her best. But at least it's getting young women into the subject, getting them to think about men and women and power and sexuality and, and so on and so forth. Isn't it a good beginning and entry point? It's certainly, you know, you wouldn't want twelve-year-olds seeing uh, Ackerman, Jean Dielman. They'd last about five minutes. Oh uh, well, look, I think that I don't think I would. I, I don't think that I would tell a twelve-year-old to watch Jean Dielman. I wouldn't do that, but I I would definitely say Rochefort before Barbie. Okay, but I take your point on Rochefort. So, but they, they, they're only, only going to see one film. I mean, isn't it a good? 
beginning, a school, a lesson of life, of women, of femininity, no, and power. It's, it's not a good starting point. I mean, I, I, I guess like I'm not going to begrudge anybody going to the movies, but if you're asking me, would I tell a young girl to go see this movie rather than, you know, reading a book? No. Well, and I don't think that it's a, you know, young girls are going, they're, they're not going to be able to avoid the subject. Um, there's, there is definitely, we are not suffering from a lack of discussion about feminism. So they will have so many opportunities to consume bad work on the subject. I, I just would not recommend that they start with this. I think that it gets a lot of important things wrong and I wouldn't want them to be seduced by it. I wouldn't want them to be um, fooled. It's a film, of course, of about seduction or a critique of seduction. So what, what finally, Celeste, what would you tell them to begin with? Film, book, poem? I would tell them I would tell them to watch the the uh, Winona Ryder Little Women, which is a great movie and a great book. Uh, and it's I I love that movie growing up. Um, and for contemporary movies, I would tell them to watch. I would tell them to watch The Devil Wears Prada. Uh, 